When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just $60, bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. The Michael Reed Show Podcast. Tune in weekdays from 9 on LMFM. To contact us, email now. Michael at lmfm.ie Monday morning, the 26th of April. Good morning. With much debate and discussion from now till 11am, this is Michael Reed on LMFM. Sports pitches, golf courses and tennis courts are open this morning as the country takes the first step towards easing the lockdown restrictions. Underage, non-contact outdoor training recommences in pods of 15 or fewer. The good weather, coupled with the frustration that people have been feeling over a long period of time, is to make pitches, golf golf courses and tennis courts busy places today. Zoos open, pet farms and heritage sites will also reopen and the maximum attendance at funerals is to increase to 25. Having asked the whole population to shoulder the burden of restrictions, having seen the whole population maintain that level uh, at such high levels of compliance with the close contact numbers staying stable for so, for so long, are there measures now that we can contemplate easing given that the risk attaching to the whole population of severe impact of this disease is improving. Not improved to the extent that we want it, but it is improving. So we start to look at those things, and then as we vaccinate individuals, for those individuals who are vaccinated, uh, what might become possible in terms of the activities that are appropriate or safe or safer for them to undertake. The, the, the caveat that we always have to enter in relation to that is that uh, a vaccine doesn't offer 100% guarantee of uh, um, um, uh, effectiveness. The Chief Medical Medical Officer, Dr Tony Houlihan, speaking last week. Uh, Dr Alona Duffy is a GP based in Monaghan and uh, the Medical Director of NE Doc and joins us on the line. A very good morning to you, Dr Duffy, and thank you indeed for joining us uh, on a beautiful morning. A beautiful morning to be out getting exercise for that matter and it gives us all reason for hope. I think so, Michael. I think it's great news and so many people, especially maybe people who would have been golfing outdoors, playing tennis, etc., are delighted to know that from today onwards, with, with limitations, they'll be able to do that. I know locally the golf club here in Monaghan is restricting it to two high soles only playing and, and again, it's nine holes of golf and people won't be allowed into any building so the, the clubhouse won't be open. So I think, you know, things will be different but I think it's, it's a step forward and we need to respect that step forward and ensure that, you know, it's not abused. So mm. This partial reopening is not seen as a, as a carte blanche 
to for people to start gathering and doing things that still aren't allowed because we still have COVID floating in our communities. And it is a, a baby step. Uh, the next steps are to become known to us on Thursday of uh, this week. Uh, several meetings taking place before then, uh, deciding on what should reopen next and what should not. Uh, and that announcement then from uh, the government on uh, Thursday. What would you be expecting at that stage? Well, I think, you know, there have been so many kind of leaks and, and hints as to what's to come. I think we kind of nearly all have an expectation that some outside, di- outside dining will be allowed and perhaps just a slight increase in gatherings, mainly outdoors, will probably be allowed. But I think at all stages we've got to be careful and realise that once we start opening up and allowing things, we saw that when we opened up businesses and allowed things to start opening up there with people obviously meeting in a workplace what's happened in Intel where we saw an outbreak with 27 positive cases. Mm. So I think they have got to be the kind of the warning stories for us to realise how easy it is for this virus to continue to spread and that while we are seeing our numbers drop and while we are seeing increased numbers of people, especially the more vulnerable people in our community, become vaccinated, there are still many people who are unvaccinated who haven't had COVID within the last six months and therefore remain high risk of getting it and spreading it to others. So I think it is remembering that and it's not kind of saying, well, yes, we're allowed to meet outdoors and people kind of say, well, we're allowed to meet outdoors, but sure, we'll have a few indoors as well. Mm. We've got to just be so careful. And what we want to ensure is that we don't see this massive surge happen again as we saw at Christmas time. And people have to remember what happened then. We didn't have the numbers down as low as Neffet wanted. The country did open up. And remember, it didn't open up fully, but it did open up. Now, I do understand that we probably had more people meeting in homes. We had more travel into the country. And that definitely allowed for the transfer of the UK variant, which was much more transmissible. Mm -hmm. So hopefully none of that will be as bad this time. But at the same stage, we probably will see a rise in cases and we've got to be prepared for that. And hopefully the weather will be good enough at this time of the year to facilitate outdoor gatherings. Uh, More days like today. In other words, it really is a a majestical morning out there. Uh, But is it possible that we could go back to the extent that we'd see an outbreak on uh, the scale that we did as a result of reopening at Christmas? Uh, I mean, a quarter of the population are vaccinated at this stage. I think we're never going to go back to the same levels as we saw at Christmas because we're not going to see, hopefully, the same high rise in numbers of being admitted to hospital. And that is because the, main, the high risk people and the older people and those, many of those with um, medical disease, underlying medical disease, will have been vaccinated, even if only partially. So that's going to provide them that layer of protection. And I think this week we know that we're moving down into the lower ages in the 60 to 69 group. I think today maybe is kind of 62, 63 can start to register. And I think that's just fantastic because it means that they know they're going to be so much safer. And while they're still going to be careful and cautious and not throwing everything away, you know, they're still going to be wearing masks and limiting who they see and how many they see. It does mean that that overload on our hospital system and our healthcare system won't happen. And I think we just have to look at, you know, news footage of, of India to see what can happen when hospitals can't deal with patients when they run out of oxygen. And we've never reached that stage. We never were like Italy where we were choosing people who would be ventilated and choosing people who would get into ICU beds based on their age and based on their medical need if they had underlying health conditions, they weren't given that chance. So we never saw that and we managed to be able to treat everybody who needed to be treated. So I think, look, we are moving forward and it will be different. But at the same stage, if we see numbers rise, what will happen again is we'll see hospitals having to close services and in Drogheda, or it was either Drogheda or Navan, I think maybe Navan elective surgery had to be postponed for this week because the levels were just too 
high in the area. So they've postponed many people who might be waiting on maybe a hip operation or finding that they're going to have it delayed for another month or two. So we don't want that happening. We want to ensure that people are able to get on with life in every sense, but also especially with regards to their health care. Okay, as you say, the 60 to 64, 65 year olds uh, could register uh, this week and uh, they'll be getting their appointments uh, in due course. Uh, A listener in that age cohort in touch with us saying they're a bit nervous about all of this, Dr Duffy, uh, that they got the flu jab some time ago and got an awful dose of the flu. Could the same thing happen, that if they get the vaccination, that they'd end up with an awful dose of COVID? Well, I think everybody reacts differently to their vaccines and some of that can be based on previous exposure to similar type viruses that you're being vaccinated against and some is your own body's just automatic response to it. We know that the AstraZeneca vaccine, which is the vaccine that will be delivered to this patient and anybody between the age of 60 and 69, does tend to give more side effects with the first dose rather than the second dose. And that's the opposite to the Moderna and Pfizer, where the first dose, very few people get side effects, but they tend to get them with the second dose. So I think understanding that is important because... You may be talking to someone who's had the vaccine and here on the first dose, gosh, I felt awful, I had temperatures, I felt nauseated, I felt really weak. And you may be thinking, well, gosh, this isn't good, you're getting the real illness. You won't get the real illness for it. What you are getting is a pretend kind of illness, so therefore your body is creating that protection that if you meet the virus, you will be able to fight it. So again, I suppose I'd be kind of saying to people, this, we know these vaccines work and we know that AstraZeneca does work. I think it is worth talking about the clot risk because people are very afraid of that. And we've had mm. multiple calls all week last week about it and we expect more this week. And we've got to remember that the risk at the moment is still counted as 0.0005%. So it is an exceptionally small risk. It is there, but it tends to be higher in those who are younger, which is why this vaccine is now being kind of given to, you know, the people in the age 60 to 69, because all of those over 70 are being vaccinated with a different vaccine as well. So if you are in that age group and you have the chance to get it, I would say to you, register. If you're having difficulty registering, ask somebody to help you, a neighbour, a friend, a family member just to do it for you and get the vaccine because we know that here in our area if you vaccinate today you'll be vaccinated if you register today you'll be vaccinated within a week and that's just fantastic and if you're somewhere in the older age group let's say you're 69 and just were that bit nervous about applying and registering it's not too late go ahead register on the portal and you will be vaccinated okay and then there's this other vaccine which would be the fourth vaccine available to health service providers uh, to inoculate the population the Johnson and Johnson vaccine if it is to be approved uh, there's the same sort of concern about this vaccine as there is with the AstraZeneca vaccine uh, but uh, you'd have to hope that it's going to be approved uh, approved wouldn't you uh, given uh, the reliance that the state has on this for the national programme. Well, I think the wonderful thing about the Johnson & Johnson vaccine is that it is a one-dose vaccine, so you only need one shot of it. And I think that will just speed up again vaccinating the, the, you know, the members in our community. So that's fantastic. You are right. There has been the same concern raised about it with the low risk of this, um, this unusual clot. And it probably isn't the order of the same numbers, although you know, we're learning all the time because this vaccine was one of the last ones to be approved and to come out onto the market. However, 6.8 million doses have already been administered. The EMA, which is the European Medicines Association, have approved it for use and it's already begun to be used in other countries such as Spain, the Netherlands and France. Similar and Italy, similar to um, 
the AstraZeneca vaccine, most of these countries seem to be limiting it to the older age group because these these rare clots seem to happen more commonly in younger people. So what we're finding in Italy is it's been given to those over 60 in France, those over 55 in Spain. Actually, they're limiting to those between 70 and 79. So I think um, we're going to hopefully have a decision made on that. And I would expect that it will be approved, but probably be approved for specific age groups. And it will be fantastic because if it means one dose, it just speeds up your being vaccinated and having that protection. And is it that one dose and you can get back to normal? Get one dose and presumably after the fortnight time that you will have the immunity that we'd expect. You're safe. Uh, Others might be at risk from you, but you're safe. You are safe. Now, again, mm. I think as, as we heard there in the clip you played and the, the mm. chief medical officer saying, you know, this is providing protection. So what we're, what we're saying is, as you said, you can still get COVID and you still can have the infection and maybe some mild symptoms, but the, you will not end up ventilated. You will not end up in the hospital mm. in ICU. However, the whole thing is, as you've accurately said, you may be infectious, so that's why if you have symptoms, you still will be required to probably limit your activities and mm. obviously continue to wear masks and things like that. Okay, but in terms of protecting yourself from the virus, uh, if you had uh, one dose of uh, this Johnson vaccine, for example, uh, would you be happy to go to a, a concert? Um, well, again, I suppose we still don't know where we are on that. Mm. We know that, let's say, in, in some countries like the UK are opening up in the US, they were allowing that, that if you were fully vaccinated and fully vaccinated with the Johnson & Johnson would be one dose, mm. that you could go to concerts. But my understanding is that people still had to wear masks while they were at those concerts. Mm. So For fear think, of giving yeah. it to somebody else, but uh, they should be protected. Uh, yeah. And I suppose uh, if that's the case, you could go for a pint or go out for a meal or go to a match uh, or whatever the case may be. And uh, I just wonder what the situation is with some of the more effective vaccines, uh, because if you get one dose of the Johnson & Johnson, the efficacy is somewhere between 57 and 72 percent, I think. Uh, how would that compare to one dose of the Pfizer vaccine, for example? Well, one first dose of the Pfizer vaccine will probably be at the same level as that. And the second dose, obviously, we're kind of saying we're seeing higher numbers, higher percentage uh, protection with it. And again, I suppose that is a concern because people are kind of feeling, well, gosh, I'm getting one that's only going to give me X percent, mm. whereas there is another one that could give me 90 X percent. So that that is difficult because people are feeling they're getting a weaker vaccine. And it's not necessarily about that. Our whole aim is to stop you ending up in hospital, mm. stop you end up dying with this virus. And we know that any of the vaccines will do that. So I think, you know, trying not to get too hung up on the numbers and to know that you will be protected no matter what vaccine you get. Okay, but I'm speaking to people, older people who have had the Pfizer vaccine, for example, uh, and just the other side of that Mm -hmm. story and the other way of looking on it uh, is that after one dose, uh, they don't feel that they're at all protected. After two doses, (laughs) they're still unsure and still uh, very uh, uncertain about getting back to doing things that they would have otherwise done normally. But this is what it's all about, isn't it? It's about getting the vaccine so that we can do that. Well, I think it is about getting the vaccine and it's about, especially for people who are older and who for a year have been really in lockdown, afraid to go anywhere and, and been told, don't be going shopping, don't be doing anything. So it's allowing them get their life back and allowing them with caution be able to meet and see others. And we know that if 
you have people who are unvac- who are vaccinated, they can meet without a mask in an indoor setting. And what we are advising people, and we had a big clinic on Saturday, was you're now getting your second dose in two weeks' time. You will have your maximum protection. But, you know, you can meet people, you can meet your family, but you still need to be careful. So anyone who's symptomatic still needs to, should still stay away from you anyway, because as you've said, mm. um, you may get it and then be able to infect others. We are starting to see more and more data, though, on how it uh, these vaccines can improve your infectiousness if you do develop it. But a lot of this is based on ongoing studies because obviously what we're doing is people are being vaccinated and it's to see how long will this protection last. And that's only going to come as we continue on with the studies and blood tests continue to see how long you have antibody levels in your system and looking at data on reinfectivity and things like that. So we're learning as we go. And I suppose that also can maybe instill a certain amount of uncertainty in people because, again, you know, we have people saying, well, the guidance keeps changing. You know, they keep giving different messages. I think I'll wait a wee while. But the messages are changing because we're learning as we go. And all of this is so new. And the more vaccines we give, the more we learn and we learn the benefits. And we also learn if there are any risks with them. OK, a, a listener in touch telling us uh, they're in work today and uh, one of uh, their colleagues is out sick, uh, showing symptoms of COVID. Uh, should they be doing anything different in work today? Well, no, because I'm presuming this colleague hasn't been at work over the weekend and chances of you, therefore, even if they are positive uh, with COVID, will be reduced. But what we're saying is that person obviously stays home, waits and gets tested. If they test positive, then public health will be contacting everybody in their workplace. You know, I think they've extended. It had been only 48 hours before, but now they're kind of talking to people up to five days who are in contact with the person who's positive up to five days before. And you would be contacted and guidance issued on that. And if you're deemed to be a close contact, you will... as per previous guidance, be advised to go home to restrict your movements and you will have two tests done. And that's only if that, this person tests positive. Mm. So we are finding that we're seeing a lot more hay fever symptoms that can mimic COVID-type symptoms, people really severely congested, perhaps coughing because of post-nasal drip. And a lot of them are saying, I know I'm not sick, I feel fine otherwise. But I think the thing is, err on the side of caution. Stay home, contact your GP and get tested. And if you're negative, then you'll be able to go back to your workplace. Just to mention to Malachi, uh, who was in touch with us last week, asking if he's offered uh, the AstraZeneca vaccine, would it be possible to opt for the Johnson & Johnson vaccine? Uh, The HSE have uh, responded to that, saying it's not possible to offer people a choice of vaccines. Uh, Some other uh, queries from listeners. Uh, Mary is 71, still waiting for her jab. Uh, What would you advise her to do? Um, it, I, I suppose we had hoped that most people would have had their first dose at this stage, but there have been ongoing difficulties, I think, delivering to GP practices. And again, we were running our second dose clinic for our 75, over 75, and some of our over 70s on Saturday. And we were aware even with people who were there, maybe with their spouse or help, with a family mm-hmm. member saying, you know, I still haven't got my first dose. So I think it's very difficult. This is outside the hands of your GP. Um, we have no say when we get the vaccines. We're, we're just forced to kind of await them. But I would be presuming you should have your first dose within the next week. And it may be worth just picking up the phone to your GP surgery, just find out if they have any word on when the delivery is expected. There have been ongoing problems with this, but we are being reassured that those problems are now being resolved and that when they're kind of when a GP practice is told they're going to get, 
let's say 100 doses that they will absolutely get that 100 doses where as up until recently as close as last week people were still not getting the full amount so they might have planned a clinic and then have to cancel people and that's hugely frustrating for the patients but also for the practice who have to go to all the work uh, in reorganising those patients. And an ongoing problem with housebound patients as well. The Minister issued a statement uh, on Friday uh, saying that the hope or um, the expectation is uh, that everybody uh, who hasn't been vaccinated, who is housebound, will be vaccinated over the course of uh, the next three weeks. There, that is, and I think we can understand that it is a slow process because going out to people's homes takes a lot longer and obviously the logistics of what vaccine can be used. What I would say to people is many people when we contacted them initially said, look, it's, you know, I won't be able to come in or a family member said they wouldn't be able to come in. But as they realised there was a delay, they were able to come in. And I would like to highlight one group, which is the civil defence who are providing huge support and who have brought housebound patients into us, into our clinics to help them be vaccinated, meaning they're getting done far quicker and they've provided ambulance transport for these people. So I suppose people who are housebound but who aren't necessarily fully bedbound, so are able to sit out in a chair or in a wheelchair, it may be worth contacting your local county council office and they will liaise with the civil defence and arrange for you to be taken to a clinic. And I think that may improve the numbers, who you know, reduce the numbers who are absolutely bedbound and requiring uh, a home vaccination because I think if people knew that there was adequate transport to bring them to a vaccine centre they would do that. Okay Dr Duffy thank you very much indeed uh, for joining us on the programme this morning. That's Dr Alona Duffy who's a GP based in Monaghan and the medical director of NE Doc. Normally being a little extra can be a bit much but when it comes to healthcare it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. quince.com slash style.